Hello, hello out there. Welcome back, or welcome for your first time. We are here with Mr. Devin Alexander. How you doing, sir? I'm doing real good. Thanks for having me. This yeah. is fun already. Oh, yeah, of course. Thank you for coming on out. Uh, making the journey all the way over to all the way East Moline. To the <laughs> exotic East Moline. Wow, it's just everything's so different over here. It's just so wild. <laughs> it's relaxed, but exciting. It's about to get really exotic on the first once we legalize. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We got a couple days here. <laughs> but anyhow, you do a lot of shit, don't you? I try to. I try to stay busy. Just um, keep yourself sane. Uh, that's, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, keep myself sane, and also um, as a a shield against uh, you know if you've got a if you've got a full calendar, you've always got something going on, and it keeps your brain lubricated, and you're trying this project, and you're doing this project, and you know, film and audio and all those all those good things are right. are something that I'm. I'd rather be busy than bored. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah, because I've heard the phrase like. You're not bored. You're inactive. Yeah. So, and the older I get, um, the more I feel like I should always be working on something that has uh, a lasting impact or a lasting, you know, I don't know, just a lasting impact. Whether it's, you know, just practicing to further my own skills, or if it's uh, something creative that that will exist, you know, for the time that I put into it. Like I can't. Um, psychologically my brain doesn't like it mm-hmm. if i just go to someone's house and just hang out and watch tv i feel you dude yeah i can't do I, it i know exactly yeah it's like I, d- I did enough of that so now i know like, right if, if it's like hey you want to just uh come hang out and whatever it's like yeah maybe for like an hour and then i'm gonna get antsy and i'm gonna be like uh i should probably so where are your instruments at do you have a uh, anything got to draw on you got or... anything here that I could, uh... <laughs> yeah right exactly yeah having your calendar booked it's nice doing mm-hmm. some creative shit that's always good and keeping the existential dread at bay and stuff. that's 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 <laughs> the the crux of it basically <laughs> if i'm too busy then i can't or if i'm busy i don't have to think about uh the uh, encroaching entropy of the entire existence <laughs> of all things yeah it really helps i recommend it to anyone <laughs> but so what came first for you you're like a musician you do some acting and like what else uh, music definitely came first. All my friends in high school picked up guitars, and my dad was is, is and was a musician, especially back then. And uh, so he already had a bass guitar and an electric guitar and a few a few items. So I was the only one with a bass. So I picked up the bass okay. and ended up playing bass with all my friends, you know, musical projects and stuff like that. And uh, and that kind of became the instrument that I was I was just naturally drawn to that instrument, anyways. But it worked out really well because most of my high school friends who picked up the guitar like ended up putting it down ah. but I kept the bass going and uh, a couple of my friends kept it going with guitar and I'm still in bands with them now well that's great mm-hmm. yeah a lot of times when I talk to people it's like they they started doing what they do because of uh, necessity you know like, yeah pretty much basically yeah, it's basically <laughs> necessity for me but what drew you to the bass it's in a tonal range that I like. It feels good to me. Mm-hmm. Like I like the lower frequencies and stuff. Um, and because I was born in '84, like the shred guitar stuff of '84 never mm-hmm. really did anything for me. 
but like cool bass lines and uh, melodic melodic things that are more melody than they are demonstrations of physical skill mm-hmm. uh, are what I'm drawn to uh, partially because I am like way into alt rock you know from the 90s and that a lot of that music was different from the 80s guitar shred stuff because it was more about melody and emotion and you know mm-hmm. composition and less about uh, being able to play very quickly and very accurately and stuff like uh, that yeah. you know I think the first bass lines that I had to learn because of all my friends playing guitar was uh, all like all the Nirvana bass lines like a whole bunch of a whole bunch of Chris Novoselic bass lines oh, yeah. and like I'm not a tremendous like huge diehard Nirvana fan mainly because there's only three albums you can't really dig super <laughs> hard into that that you know back catalog but uh, that still has a, a good place in my heart because he's he's doing really melodic bass stuff mm-hmm. over you know basically rhythm guitar you know Kurt Cobain's basically playing right. rhythm guitar and singing so he, the vocal melody and the bass melody often had a lot in common mm. so I was I was drawn to that naturally and so the fact that my dad had a bass that I could bring to those practices was just like alright and I wasn't very I mean it took me a long time to get anywhere near capable of playing one of those songs but it was just it was just a blast you know so right right and I didn't I didn't I just didn't like how thin a guitar sounds even at its thickest it's still an octave higher than the bass bass so is I just, powerful I just like that interplay between drums and you know the rhythm the rhythm section as right. they say you know yes sir um did your parents like push you in the direction of music ever or did you just kind of get into it on your own they never really pushed me into it like there's there's videos of me too small to hold a guitar with a guitar in my lap just banging on it you know parents just, just like perhaps it's like yeah <laughs> are you interested no yes um <laughs> part partly it was because um music had been sort of hanging around my house all the time that i kind of took it for granted mm-hmm. i kind of just assumed that that's just houses you everyone's know. parents does everybody's yeah. playing a little bit of music my mom played yeah. classical guitar and uh, yeah. acoustic guitar and my dad played bass and guitar and sang a bunch and all that good stuff so it must have definitely had an impact in the sense that you are playing bass and mm-hmm. stuff and everything mm-hmm. rather than like someone who's just like turned off by anything their parents do like you know oh well i'm an only child so i was never i feel you Same. yeah i was always I was told pretty much my parents are have always been extremely supportive and very outgoing and very uh you know into things like whatever they're into um you know which changes as the years go by as people get older but uh, right they're always extremely supportive they come to as many shows as they can ever since the beginning you know they still come to as many shows as they can that's cool you're not like stand in the back get out of here (laughs) no 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 so i'm i am uh emboldened by my parents being there i'm more likely to go off go off and say something usually sexually disgusting (laughs) or sexually hilarious with my parents are there because it's kind of like getting away with it yeah my parents aren't i can say whatever i want my parents don't have never been like the kind to care what i say right you know well that's good (laughs) no overbearing anything so, no not yeah. in the least <laughs> so you, that was like high school when you first picked up the bass yeah I think it was uh, maybe freshman year of high school um, and then just kept playing and just kept playing and uh, pretty much all my friends who started playing guitar back then have quit except for Adam who's in the current band um, and he and I 
had a band in high school called Braille Illustrated, mm. which was like um, real Smashing Pumpkins and influenced, you know, fuzz okay. guitars and, mm. you know, melodic leads and melodic pop rock song structures and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I kind of, I remember specifically where I was when I first heard Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness and, uh, and that made a huge impression on me. I was like, oh, music can sound cool like this. This yeah. Music can sound this good, you know. Uh, but prior to that, my only musical exposure was, like, the things that my parents listened to, which is, like, everything 60s and 70s. So mm-hmm. Elton John, Moody Blues, uh, Neil Young. Not so much Zeppelin, but some Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Beatles, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rolling Stone. Just all that stuff, you know, all that good stuff. But the first music that I got really exposed to that I felt like I could go buy a CD of was with some Weird Al. Ah, some yeah. classic Weird Al stuff. So I know like let's see. I got a buddy who's a big Weird Al fan. Dude. Yeah. Uh, Dare to be Stupid was the first album I ever bought. <laughs> and then uh, Dare to be Stupid Off the Deep End Bad Hair Day of course. Ugh, so good. Yeah. I remember when Bad Hair Day was a big deal in my junior high school. Yeah. Weird Al is crazy. He's... He's one of those extremely talented, uh, driven almost to a fault sort of people that, you know, very focused, very accomplished, doesn't have time for drugs or alcohol, has had the same band for 30 years. That's his same exact band. I mean, you probably already know, but... And, like, very, like, culturally important, too, like, the impact he's had. Has been here for long enough that every generation has their own favorite (laughs) Weird Al song. Did you... That uh, Mandatory Fun album was his first album to hit Billboard number one Hmm. back in... What was that? 2013, 2014, 2015? Whenever that came out. um, With... uh, It had that... The album's unfortunately being a parody artist. His songs, the majority of them, because he does originals, too, but... Um, the his majority, originals are crazy too his originals are yeah. great even <laughs> when they're in the style of you know whoever but uh, if the music that you're parodying isn't very great to begin with or if, you know like my generation like I, I don't care very much about what's on the billboard top whatever right. so when he comes out with an album I don't really connect with it very well because I don't, I don't know any of those songs alright yeah yeah but but anyways Weird Al was my first musical guy and uh we saw him twice. We saw him at the Adler Theater twice. I oh, think. wow. Because he came through, you know, back in the 90s and stuff. It was so good. Damn. Really good stage show, like, exceptionally good stage show with an attention to detail that, you know, is is equal to the attention to detail he puts into his album. Mm. So, of course, it's going to be really good and it's going to have all kinds of fun, you know, homages to the original stuff. But. Yeah. It's crazy how he's had, like, such a career because I remember I was, like, watching, like, a Weird Al documentary or something. I remember him talking about how. I can't remember what, what record label he was signed on or whatever, but when he finally got the record deal, you know, he came out with the album, and then the record label was kind of like, you know, he wanted to keep making more albums, and they're kind of like, "Wait, time out! We did the Weird Al thing." Like it was like a oh, they were done. Like it's like a like a, a one album wonder. Yeah, like a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a a fad. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Or a yeah, you know, thing of the minute sort of deal. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, but and so that's pretty impressive how like the career he's had, you know, and the impact. Well, and so. and he's had the same manager for that many years, same band for that many years, and it's cool stuff. But that was that was my first musical, like foray. So I got you know actually exposed to a, a fairly wide swath of American pop music because that's what his albums were. They were just yeah. 
you know, 10 or 12 songs at a time of whatever was popular in America. So I kind of got exposed to a little bit of that. I heard, um, let's see, I heard uh, Marilyn Manson's um, Cake and Sodomy on a bus in seventh grade on our way to a Six Flags trip. <laughs> I had never heard anything like that before. So it must have been 97 or 90, because it would have just come out. Antichrist Superstar would have just come out, so somebody had the previous album or something like that. And I was just like, listening, you know, bopping my head a little bit. I'm listening. He's like, oh, he's talking about cake and... Huh. <laughs> and he's the god of what now? All right. Well, thank you for that experience. And I handed it back to my friend, you know, and he's like, here, listen to this. And he gave me all of his, like, he made me listen to uh, Tool. Uh, I think Anima, I think, was out at that time, 96, 97. And... Uh, and I was like, this is too progressive rock for me. At that, you know, when I'm like <laughs> yeah. 11 or 12 years old or 13 years old, I was like, this is too progressive rock. I, I, I can't listen to this. But eventually, like when I got into high school and I kind of like got into music more, um, I revisited all that stuff with fresh eyes and fresh ears and was really into it. I, I mm-hmm. like all that stuff. But uh, I'll just, I just remember, uh, do you remember, the, you know, 311, the mm-hmm. band 311? They had Transistor out uh, whenever that came out, like 1998. 99 or something like that 90, no 97 98 I don't know but the point was my friend had the transistor album and it came with a bunch of alien stickers and stuff cool cool stuff and we're on a bus going somewhere I think in like maybe 8th grade it was maybe the year later and he's like dude look at this these guys think they're aliens <laughs> these guys are from like a different planet these guys think they're, think they're aliens because they had like alien stickers and all kinds of yeah. and stuff and I just remember thinking to myself like at that at, like that was the first time I remember thinking my friend is not correct about this <laughs> that's not that's not right I they got him I don't, they, they effing got him I don't believe that's true <laughs> have you done your research on this or are you sure are you and I don't know if he was serious or not but at the time he seemed particularly serious in the way you can be serious in junior high school or early high school but it was just fun I remember that <laughs> I just remember that thinking it was like the first time I disagreed with a friend in a way that I was like, my opinion is different than yours. But was he saying like they think they're aliens? Like, I know they're not aliens, but they think they're fucking aliens. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know whether he thought they were aliens, but he definitely was strongly supporting the idea that the band believed that the band was aliens. Well, everyone wants to believe, man. Everybody, hey, man, <laughs> I want to. I want to believe. But... It's just hard sometimes. Yeah, but that was just that was just a funny moment in my musical career. It was pretty funny. Now, um, do you mess around with any other instruments? Usually? Yeah, I mean, the way that you kind of pick up all other instruments because you're in situations with those instruments and other people. Right. You know, I, uh, I was decent enough on the drum kit to play one set back in like 2012 or 13. Uh, I started. Uh, a short-lived doom band doom metal band with my friend adam who i'm still playing with now he played guitar through basically two bass rigs (laughs) and i just played drums and uh we just had uh some extremely powerful fuzz pedals and uh just put him through two rigs through like straight up through bass rigs like we're not even screwing around here they were actual bass rigs i think it was like a f- his fender bassman head and my son beta bass head through like six tens and like a 412 and a 15 <laughs> a piece and we just 
put on we played at like Theo's Java Club or something <laughs> once or twice and uh, it was fun you can still hear that stuff it's on uh, Bandcamp oh, really? right now it's on the splash page splash page for gentlelettered.records.bandcamp.com if you go on there you can like kind of listen to the history of all the projects I've been in because I've just okay, kept cool. them going and put them up nice know. what was the name of that one Beards of the Dead. Beards of the Dead. What was the name of the first one you were in? Like Braille Illustrated. That's right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, only a slightly offensive band name, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we had we had fun, and this was like before the Quad Cities had any doom music going on. Like it's kind of popped up in the last decade or so, but mm-hmm. 15 years ago there was very little doom doom influence going on around here that I could that I was aware of. Weird, uh, who came up with the names for your bands? <laughs> I don't remember who came up with Braille Illustrated. If I had to guess, I'd say Adam. Um, and Beards of the Dead, I think, is a 50-50 Adam Devon creation, if not an Adam creation. Um, he's a very creative guy, and he and I both got, like, degrees in, you know, English major degrees. So, mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah. we, we, we roll words around in our mouth until they feel the right way, and then we, you know, if it feels the right way and sounds the right way and means the right layer of things that's usually the band name that sticks you know but what does it mean but what does it mean <laughs> you tell me mm-hmm. well up for interpretation yeah exactly mm-hmm. it doesn't really mean a damn thing other than beards of the dead combines my love of that could be a great movie it could uh there's a, there's a movie called tombs of the blind dead you know there's a movie called dawn of the dead so it's my my horror movie influence and uh and adam's sort of uh stoner rock uh alt rock sort of indie rock influence kind of coming together there which is what we've done (laughs) it's just what we've done with this the the current band too it's the same exact it's the same exact marrying of things except there's just more people involved giallo's the correct italian pronunciation giallo's giallo's soft g gotta use the hand too i forgot vagina (laughs) soft giallo's oh no wait vagina i don't know vagina i was trying to think of a word that was soft that had a g in it (laughs) and that's a word that i think of as being soft and g but uh that's that's inspired by the italian um murder mystery film genre giallo g-i-a-l-l-o that's it giallo and it means yellow because the murder mystery films were adapted from murder mystery books and the books that were murder mysteries they're kind of like you know inexpensive pulp novels that you'd get like in a airport or something um all often had like a yellow cover Hmm. with you know a woman running or a woman like on the ground like looking up at her attacker or something like that but it would be yellow with red and white Hmm. um and those were the murder mysteries and apparently they had other genres that were like green colors that meant like you know war books and okay. i'm just making that up but I, f- I forget what the other colors stood for but so the the color of the book became the genre of the film and then we put a w at the end because there's already a band called giallos without a w and there's already a band called gallows mm-hmm. um so we just put a w in it it's not a real word it's okay whatever well it's your own now and that's uh, good the to- band camp page was available giallos.bandcamp.com so we went with it you gotta have something unique so it can yeah, pop exactly. up in that search history and that's shit, right you know so we're the only thing that comes up if you if you google it so right that's the and important that's the thing important part now why why choose that name just because are you a fan of those movies i'm or? a fan uh, you know it's funny i'm more of a fan of the italian horror movies which don't really have a genre name like that um 
less a fan of the murder mysteries, although there's plenty of murder mystery Italian director movies that I'm into. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's really the soundtracks and the scores for Mm -hmm. those movies. Um, Just written by these amazing musicians in Italy that are just... They're literally just composers for hire. You know, that's their day job. That is the job that they do. They write music for films. And the Italian film industry was so so prevalent and awesome in the 70s and 80s and stuff. They always had a lot lot to do. And there's just a, a really high amount of good music that came out of that decade or those couple decades in from that country. So I wanted to do a name that paid homage to the country and to the the scores and stuff of the giallo and horror movies and stuff. Uh, so we ended up settling on that, even though it is like sort of, you know, a step to the side from what it is we're actually trying to emulate, which is the horror scores, mm-hmm. which is like the guy, uh, Fabio Frizi, who was here at Ribco at the, uh, uh, what was that, November 18th or November, uh, November 11th or something. That was a, like, a big deal for me because he's done a lot of really good scores for a lot of Italian horror movies. It's like, just awesome. Just are awesome. You, is the band trying to do a score for a movie like that? That'd be pretty crazy. We've thought about it. We definitely would. Um, we know that there's some, uh, who is it? Archeress and, and some related projects have been playing at the Figgy, doing like live scores and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that, we've been inspired by that a little bit. We, we figure we could, uh, given enough time, we could put it together and make it happen. Um, but as it is, we kind of just write music that has a little bit of a soundtrack feel to it. You can really hear it in a couple of the really early songs. We mm-hmm. made it really, really obvious on purpose. Um, but we're we're kind of getting back to that now because it's you know the winter everybody's writing in the winter because it's like you don't want to go anywhere. Yeah, Although right. this week has been pretty nice. We've been lucky. Mm-hmm. It's been great. Now I think it's over. Yeah, it's it's like <laughs> ten degrees colder every time I go outside today. So whatever. <laughs> we had a good run. We had a good run. <laughs> now who's in the band? It's you on bass and uh, mm-hmm. Adam on guitar. Adam on guitar. Uh, Ryan Collins is on drums right now. He's our third drummer. We keep going through drummers. And, uh, goddamn drummers. <clears throat> goddamn drummers. And uh, Andrew Klein, obviously, is on keys. And we're trying to make the band as flexible as possible, or I am. I don't know. The other guys don't care. But my, <laughs> my idea for the band would be if you offer the band a gig and only one person's available, the band still says yes. Hmm. Because that one person goes and does their best as you know different arrangements of the songs and stuff. Uh-huh. That's why we did some October shows that were just me and Andrew. Just uh-huh. me on singing and vocal effects and him on his, you know, th- two or three keyboards rearranging the songs to be flexible. And so uh, the gigs that we played in November and December were three piece gigs, myself, Adam on guitar and Ryan on drums. And uh, we did play one gig at the Village Theater over the summer that was Andrew on keys, a previous drummer, Justin on drums and myself on bass. No guitar at all. And um it's, it's, it's basically because I believe that a song is the chords and the vocal melody and, you know, and the arrangement, of course. But if, if you know, you, you can translate those three things through any other arrangement of instruments, mm-hmm. they're still interesting. They're still the songs. So I hope someday that the band will do a gig without myself ah, so that they could yeah. just be like, yeah, so-and-so, I can't do it, but you guys can. All right, see ya. You know, that was ended up being your proudest gig. The one you weren't <laughs> yeah. there for. You oh, guys did it. You guys are so good. <laughs> that's my band up there. That's, that's my band. <laughs> you guys sound great. 
get off the stage. He just heckled him. Where's something. your bass player, <laughs> Now, what if you had to play by yourself? Um, my previous band was just two piece band. It was myself on on bass and my my friend Al on drums, who was in Braille Illustrated with me and Adam. He was a drummer in that band. Um, and so I'm, I, I, I would be okay with, I would be okay with doing it solo. Like it would be weird. It would sound very strange, but I'd be into it. It's interesting. That's like a good um, way to make people come see your shows because like it can always be different. It can always be different. That's our hope, you know. And I think the uh, I think the if you've got friends and family that have seen you do it for long enough and uh, and you change it up drastically, it gives your long you know your longest term fans something new to come check out. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's worth it. That's a little bit of a payback. Like, hey, thank you for supporting me. Here's Here's more stuff. Here's more content. Here's something. Yeah, definitely. Ooh, did you hear that? Ooh, that was a good one. Hopefully we got yeah. that on audio. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Poppins. Poppins. Hell yes. Man, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone else really that does it that drastically to where, at least the goal being that drastic to where anyone can just play, whether mm-hmm. who's available. But It's just... Uh just something that I was because I was really comfortable I was in the two-piece band for 10 years Mm. so I was really comfortable operating mostly without a safety net you know and when there's that few people on stage you have to incorporate the audience Mm -hmm. the audience is not just watching you and one guy just do your thing and then boom off the stage you have to pull in the audience and make them part of it which is boring talk for people who are just in the audience but probably more interesting talk for people who are in bands you know what I mean Mm -hmm. depending on what you're demographic is but uh that's why i was like yeah we should be able to do this any which way because i know i know how to use effects pedals on my bass mm-hmm. adam can knows how to use effects pedals on his guitar we use effects on the keys for goodness sake and on the vocals it, it should be flexible yeah in that way so whatever definitely definitely how long have you guys been playing now our first gig was uh june 1st two junes ago mm-hmm. or june 2nd um and it was that Life is Beautiful Fest in downtown Moline. It was at the Beer Stube. Okay, did, yeah. Did, did you hear about that event? Yeah, I think my, my buddy just played the one this year, I think. Yeah, we we should have played the one this year, but at the time, we hadn't yet figured out how we would play as uh, a three-piece without Adam or something. So we skipped it because he had to work. But uh, the first, we, we initially did it because... Uh, that. Do you know why that whole Life is Beautiful Fest was started? I don't know. I might have heard, but I can't remember. But I don't know. It was it was a a local guy named uh, William William Martin, Bill Martin, um, who's a little older than me. I think he was about thirty seven or thirty eight or something like that. Uh, not at the time. At the time, he was my age. I guess I guess he was like thirty five. But um, he'd struggled with uh, mental illness and depression and things like that. And I had played a bunch of shows with him. Not like directly with him and my band, but he would put together shows. We'd play on, with his projects and vice versa, and you know, do a lot of stuff back in like two thousand eight, nine, ten, all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he finally uh, lost his battle with mental illness and uh, took his own life. I think like the fall before two Junes ago, so mm-hmm. like twenty seventeen, like late twenty seventeen or early twenty eighteen, and. Um, so a friend that we had in common was like, hey, I'm going to do this benefit for 
National Association for Mental Illness or something like that, NAMI. Mm-hmm. And one other, I think it's there's one other in there. Anyway, he said, would you would you be interested in putting something together? And my band broke up in 2015, so three years yet three years later, I was like, you know, maybe eight months away from that gig, from the the June first gig, that Life's Beautiful gig, and I had literally no band at all, nothing. And I was like, yep, I'll play it. Because I, I work really well uh, with a deadline, mm-hmm. like most people do. So I had a deadline, grabbed a bunch of people. You want to do it? Yep, 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 yep. Put it together, played a whole set on the first, and have just been sort of off and running since then, which worked out oh, really yeah. good. That's so, great. you know, something creative came out of my friend's sacrifice, which is hopefully good. You know? Yeah, yeah. Life goes on. Mm-hmm. Leads to new things. Mm-hmm. How far are you guys going to go with this band, you think? going to go... As long as, as, long as, as far it, as it'll take us, and then it'll eventually fall apart, and we'll do something else. Do you have any like goals, like you want to score some movies and shit, like or anything? Yeah, crazy? I'd love to score some movies. Uh, right now, the project that we're working on is um, I'm mixing and mastering. Ugh, mixing and mastering. <laughs> um, uh, an eight-song album. I think it's gonna be about eight songs, or like seven and a half songs. The Doom intro for Leather Baby is pretty short. It's only about uh, ninety seconds, but. We did a musical internship. We did a musicians in residence, I should Mm. say, at Factory of Fear. Ah. Uh, Just this last, what would that be? June 28th and 29th. Like the hottest (laughs) time that it could have been there, except for August. Um, Loaded in all of our gear, set up in the haunted house during their their summer uh, infected, zombie zombie infected thing, and uh, recorded more than eight hours worth of music. So we would do original Giallo's set from 9 to 10, jam from 10 to 11, uh, or no, 8 to 9, whatever, an hour at a time. So we would original set, cover, uh, jam set, original set, jam set, two nights in a row. Wow. And it came. we ended up with just, just a ton of stuff. So i'm mixing and mastering that now and hopefully we'll put it out on vinyl just to be a just to be a cool weird experiment you know what i mean and it's and we're not above replacing vocals and replacing guitars and and overdubbing keys especially since friday night we had the full band saturday night we didn't have a keyboard player mm. so some of the tracks go from a friday night performance cut the next section is a saturday night performance of the next section of the song mm. so we had to do we've done some guitar overdubs some keyboard overdubs haven't done any bass overdubs yet um definitely overdub the vocals so it's kind of like this tornado of of sound like this tornado of this live chaos and it kind of you know starts like a like the tide at a distance and as it gets closer it turns into just you know, you get a little bit more detail as like things come into focus and then it kind of knocks you over and kind of goes away. Mm. And then that's, the songs are like these waves of chaos yeah. kind of coming out of the mist <laughs> and then receding back into the mist and kind of coming and going. And um, we're going to call it waves. We're going to call it waves. Factory of Fear. Call waves, it man. Waves. <laughs> but it, it's working out really good. It sounds pretty fun. It's kind of messy and noisy and i can't fix it i'm just I, i'm learning a lot about my ocd my my quest for perfection with this project so that's what we're, uh, yes. that's what we're doing right now hmm. but we want to come out of the gates swinging in 2020 with um something new not just for the band but not just for ourselves but also for the audience you know whether that's a totally new set like totally different songs like don't even play those old songs <laughs> at all that which is 
the kind of thing that I'm into. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Um, well, just give yourself a deadline. And just then... give us a deadline, <laughs> right? I'm going to try to do something in February. February is like album writing month, you know, write an EP of songs, blah, blah, blah. But this is a leap year, so you got that extra day. Ooh. You got that 29th day. So. Ah, that really helps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's but awesome. That's what we got on the table right now. Hell yeah, looking mm. forward to that shit. Hopefully it'll be pretty cool. Oh yeah, definitely. Do some sort of crazy vinyl color that makes it sound like shit. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I saw they have a vinyl now made with recycled ocean plastic. Really? Yeah. I'd do that. Does it look cool? Yeah, it looks like shit. <laughs> like there's cool. a bunch of garbage in it or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I think that'd be cool. Like the out, clearly like, like the outline clear. of a plastic bottle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just cut it in little strips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be interesting. And I guess that's good. You can be environmentally friendly. Yeah. The problem is that all the plastic in the ocean is, like, so small that we can't... Like, it's all ground up, like, micro pieces, and f- little creatures are just full of plastic, and then bigger creatures eat hundreds of those little... Thousands <laughs> yeah. of those little creatures, and then they're really full of plastic. And yeah, not to mention the plastic alone that they eat. Jesus like, I don't really eat it's, seafood much anymore, man. Uh, I still do, but it's not from the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Um... They're trying to clean it up, that fucking know. garbage patch. They need to. There's this guy, a young dude, like the the tube thing. Uh, like probably it kinda, like it kind of it's like it floats. And it's drags. the Ocean Cleanup Project. I know mm-hmm. that's the name of the thing. I think mm-hmm. that's his thing. Boyan Slot or something. He's like they're some, making it work. Some foreign dude. They finally got it working as of just like within the month. I think mm-hmm. I heard about it, and they found out that this was like an accident. I think I I, th- I think I'm saying this right if I unless I heard wrong but their contraption whatever that's collecting the plastic they turned out uh, they found out that uh, somehow the way it the waves break up against it and the way the circulation of how it collects whatever it, it actually does bring in some of the microplastics or something oh they found out that because of the way the water moves against something it. like that yeah there was a part some area in the collection area that was actually like there was a full of like a bunch of microplastics or something thank god so. got man yeah, Christ. Idiot humans. It's all falling apart, <laughs> and this planet would be better off without us. Yeah. And that I mean, that's just... But that's not even a subjective... That's not even an opinion. That's just an objective fact. Everything was going fine until we showed up. You know, the equivalent of, like... Yeah. Is, have you heard 5, that... years ago. Have you heard that old George Carlin bit where he's saying, like, maybe that's our purpose, that we're here to create plastic maybe the earth wanted plastic didn't know how to make it so he made oh humans and then no and then now they're, they're just phasing us out just to keep we the plastic we don't need you we yeah. have all the plastic that we needed styrofoam and shit like this is what I wanted mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know but yeah we'll see what happens <laughs> we'll see one way or the other maybe we won't see we'll be dead somebody we'll won't see <laughs> now you also were a bit of an actor mm-hmm. is that right yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. Only the four things that you know about, really. Yeah. I don't I don't know um what else did we even not only like those three only the three only the four movies that that you know about, really. Um but I mean, I guess I feel like anybody who's a performer or a musician or uh especially with 10 years of just me and one other guy on stage versus a whole audience. Yeah. Um you get a certain uh, bag of tricks or a certain a certain stage confidence that translates a little bit to screen where you can at least you know say lines at a c minus 
level of believability and uh and and not be not be the the reason that a whole project tanks i guess you know what i mean <laughs> right right um now was there anything in particular that got you into acting or um josh khan let's see no who was it no it was my friend andrew edmark uh, who actually shot that uh favorite refrain movie he was the one who was like hey this new director locally here is trying to do a project and would you like to help out i think it was initially do you want to help out for a day doing something i was like sure and um then I met him and then he was like, Hey, I've actually, I haven't cast this yet. Would you be interested in this role? And I was like, sure. Um, just cause I'm, you know, it was, I wasn't doing music stuff particularly much at the time. I was like 2014. I think we'd just gotten done with a tour or something like that. Ooh. Like a three date tour, not a tour, but I took four days off of work. So it counted. That counts. And, and it counts. And, um, so I just, I just said yes. And that was my first experience with it. And then on the second film, um, my wife got cast as the other lead opposite me mm. as my romantic interest um, <laughs> in that romantic comedy. Um, and that one probably came out. I think everybody, I think everybody who's done all four of these movies would say that that one probably came out the best because it had the, the least, um, the least involved or the least twisty plot, but it had fun, fun, um, fun, things happening uh, you know under the a plot which is you know the guy's getting his life back together there's fun side things going on and mm. all that stuff so it, it turned out good was that easy or fun working with alongside your wife it was fun my wife is really outgoing like i am and um she's probably more interested in acting than i am even and uh she had a real good time and she takes things like that really seriously and she does her homework and you know, shows up with her A game, and because we were were filming mostly in my house, she and I could run lines a lot oh, before yeah. anybody even showed up. So nobody's time really got wasted. Uh, you know, waiting for us to to like, oh, what are we doing in the scene? Oh, we got to do this. You know, we were, it was just a lot of yeah, we're basically ready to go with the words. Let's just block it out and let's just do all this other stuff, and then you know, do a couple takes and boom, done. Um, it was pretty pretty effortless roll up roll out of bed walk down get, go downstairs in the living room 10 minutes late everybody shows up right hit and record go for it man oh yeah. yeah it was a lot of fun we had a great time that sounds like that sounds nice like it was relaxing in between scenes i'll be in my trailer or at least just my bedroom but my trailer mm -hmm. <laughs> i'll be taking a nap it was good though we had a good time hell yeah Again, that's like something that happened out of necessity. Like, oh, I got a roll. Do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I feel like you would have been drawn to movies just because you're like a movie buff yourself, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, you seem like you've seen all the movies. All of the movies? All no. Of them. Dude, there's so many. No, I just... I've heard all the bands, seen all the movies. Oh, yeah, right. Seen all the art. I've watched, um, like for me, film started with uh, Dawn of the Dead. The George Romero zombie series and all that good stuff, all those good movies, and then I sort of branched out from there. Um, the first movie that had a big impact on me was The Crow. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so gothy. <laughs> oh, I'm so sad for Brandon Lee. <laughs> I mean, it's sad what happened to him, but it was such a like a high school thing to get into. He used to dress up as The Crow and just go to high school, not with <laughs> face paint, but like you know, black jeans, black shirt, unlaced boots, and my backpack full of books. I'm <laughs> The Crow, whatevs, you know. 
but uh, you've heard of me. You've heard of me, I'm sure. But that was the, that that was like the first movie that like I got really deep into and had an emotional connection to. But there's nothing. There's nowhere you can really go with that. There's no genre of films around that kind of film. Mm-hmm. There's revenge movies, I guess, but not like that. But if you get into something like Dawn of the Dead, which is sort of the next thing that I jumped into. There's a whole horror movie community around that. Oh, yeah. So Dawn of the Dead's a gateway movie, and you end up seeing all kinds of other wacky shit, you know? Right. But it worked out really good for me. I've seen a lot of a lot of Italian horror at this point. Just <laughs> a ton. Well, you got to do your research now. you got a whole mm-hmm. band around and we, it. <laughs> and my wife and I do that Wake the Dead horror trivia every month. Okay. It's on the third Thursday of every month at Wake Brewing in Ooh. Rock Island, Illinois. So be there. So be there. We write all the questions. We've we figured it out. We've written over 480 questions. Wow. Jesus. 20 at a time, man. Hmm. Trivia. Are your questions like a lot of like like behind the scenes shit that like you um, really have to dig deep to know about or is it kind of related everything to everything under the sun the, the more popular and well-known the movie is the more dig deep you have to get with the questions the less well-known it is the more kind of surface level like the title or mm. something that an mm. art uh, an actor did but we do anthology aprils where we mm. give them four anthology movies to watch you know horror anthologies and um and we did and October is always a special year, you know. So we'll either pick four movies that are not anthologies, just four really good spooky Halloween movies. This year we did uh, Atkins October. Tom Atkins is an actor who's been in a lot of movies, and he was in at least four really cool horror movies. So we, we put those on there. Um, but the rest of the months are like whatever theme we decide we want to do, you know. For December this year it was all... Christmas horror. I thought it was only last Thursday. It was like a week ago tonight. It was all Christmas horror movie questions. Ooh. And there's a lot of Christmas horror movies, man. Hmm. Interesting. Do you give a shout out in advance? Like, hey, this is the movie we're going to be doing so if they can watch it? Or? Yeah, if it's a specific four movies or a specific whatever, then we say, here are the movies we're watching. And all of our questions will be only these movies. Or here are the uh, anthologies we're watching. And, you know, Usually, because anthologies have, like, multiple stories per movie, it'll be, like, one question per story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 20 questions total, whatever. Hell but yeah. that's, a, that's a lot of fun. We've been doing the trivia thing now for almost two years. I think we started in March of 18, 17. Has it always been at Wake? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they... Yep. They're they're the yeah, they just had, like, their two-year anniversary, mm-hmm. right? Like They're the only place that has consistent horror movie well it's not just movies but horror trivia in general we do music we do um you know both score and spooky music from history um spooky paintings and art and books and you know we try to try to get everywhere with it it's not only movies but it's 90 percent movies i would say Mm -hmm. but that's the other thing that my wife and i have going on that we do that's a lot of fun nice I don't think I'm educated enough about any movie to know any trivia. You might be surprised. A lot of people show up and they're kind of like, oh, I don't know anything about horror. But because of the way that we write the questions, they end up getting, you know, they might come in last place, but they still got 50 points out of a possible, you know, like 125 or something like Mm. that. Um, But it's a lot of fun. I'm more of like a nerd for like cartoons and shit. I know there's another another trivia in the Quad Cities that does some stuff. I think... Bent River 
I think does horror trivia or something like that. Ah, nice. Mm-hmm. nice. But theirs is all of theirs is you know a, sort of a potpourri of stuff, not just horror, as far as I know. But. Hell yeah, mm-hmm. that's pretty dope. <laughs> now, how do you? Um, well, do you have any uh, goals as far as acting side of things? No, Anything you ever want to get into? No. No. Um, I, I'm, I'm doing projects ongoing with uh, Josh Kahn. Oh, I totally, oh, I'm, I'm, I totally spaced it. I've only been in four movies, in theory, but um, I did that web series with Josh Kahn called Against the Odds. Um, Against the Odds? I know I've heard that. It's a bunch of, like, mythical fantasy creatures, but they're in modern day, and, like, my character owns the bar that's called Odds. Okay. And um, it's like a adventure love story of, of all these characters. Like, one guy's a Sasquatch, one guy's, you know... Uh, like you can teleport. One guy is, um, you know, whatever. Just just fantasy stuff. There's like a witch and like a mer person, like a like an underwater mer person and things like that. And that that ended up going, I think, seven episodes. Mm. But it's sort of an ongoing deal even now, even though we finished it like two years ago, because uh, we're you know re-editing and, and tightening things up and getting rid of stories that never went anywhere because you know maybe that actor wasn't available again or whatever um but that'll be coming back out here hopefully this in 2020 we'll have like a good a good edit that's a little bit tighter and a little bit more polished up but it was just on youtube you can check it out it's against the odds it's just all it's called cool hell yeah now, what is uh tell us a little bit about uh, gentle edward was it productions or records records Gentle Edward Records was what I started in um, probably 2005 for my previous, for the two-piece band that played for 10 years. And they're called the Postmortems. Mm-hmm. And we jammed all over Davenport, or all over the Quad Cities and all over the Midwest. And we got as far east as Indianapolis, Indiana oh. on our tour. And we got as far west as... Uh, Davenport, Iowa. <laughs> no, I think... Uh, whatever straight south of Iowa City, like Keokuk, hmm. Ottumwa. I don't know. One of those is pretty is is moderately far away, so that's as that's as far west as we got. But um, we put out one album and uh, and an EP or two, and uh, had a real good time. But I put I put I started Gentle Edward Records to kind of just put that stuff out. But I already had a whole bunch of crap that I had just done in high school and in college that was like just me on my computer, whatever, and the Braille Illustrated stuff. We ended up putting out an actual recorded album in 2010. Um, Adam and I got together me and Al got together the drummer before Adam was even in town and re-recorded like 10 or 12 songs and then Adam came in and for the two weeks before Christmas we recorded all the rest of the stuff and mm. mixed it all up and, and all kinds of fun shit like that but uh, General Order Records ended up also having um, Waking Robots they're a local band mm-hmm. that stopped playing a little bit ago they're on a hiatus right now we had Satellite Heart which is so good they're so good Waking Robots and Satellite Heart are both really good but Satellite Heart, uh, my slogan, my personal slogan for Satellite Heart, not their slogan, was more hooks than a bait shop. Because <laughs> their songs just had great melodies all the time, you know. And um, where there's some other bands, I think, uh, oh yeah, The Last Glimpse was on there, or is on there, I should say. They're not, not playing, but they're, they're just writing and stuff right mm-hmm. now. Um, my dad's band that he did in the 80s and 70s with his friend Tom Cook called Cat's Eye, is on Gentle Uttered Records because I have all the recordings, you know, and so I just put them up. Um, all my projects with Adam, Beards of the Dead, the Postmortems are on there. Um, oh, and the most recent edition is Zool from Iowa City. Zool. We are super happy. How to is that have spelled? Z U U L. Okay. And I think 
I think their Bandcamp is like iowacityzool.bandcamp.com. And on Facebook, there's a band in Chicago also called Zool, so they have to put all their stuff as like the real Zool or like mm-hmm. Zool IC or something like that. Right. But they just put out, they just got done recording um, in a giant warehouse, like a giant outdoor warehouse that had, I think, like logs or lumber or something like that in it. But like, think of the biggest warehouse you can think of. That was how big it was. And then they recorded... I'm super excited. I'm going to nerd out for just a second. Indulge me. Do it. They recorded individual instruments at a time. Okay. However, because of how much space they had, they added a pair of stereo mics 20 feet away from each source out in the middle of this huge warehouse. So they got a drum kit, mic'd up like you would mic a drum kit, plus two giant room microphones way out there. Hmm. And then they would leave the, the room microphones there and replace that drum kit with the bass rig and record, the, record all the basses like that. And then they did it with the vocals and they did it with the guitars. So they have literally, for, for the whole session... They have literally like a hundred tracks that they have to sift through. <laughs> like the guitar had this, like the guitars, for example, might've had two microphones on the cabs or a microphone on this amp and a microphone on this amp, but also the two stereo mics. And then the drum kit was like <laughs> 19 microphones just for the drum kit <laughs> because of all these giant stereo mics and stuff. <laughs> but uh, the overall effect is stunning. Wow. It sounds enormous because it's all it's all in the same room but because they have control over it you can have a guitar that sounds like it's absolutely in your face for one part of the song with drums with huge room around it and then you know they hit another part of the song and all of a sudden there's those room mics on the guitar and the guitar joins the drums and it gets like you know it's probably like a 300 it's probably like a 200 or 150 foot deep warehouse Damn. and they experimented with microphones even further away and they said it got to the point where it was just you just couldn't tell it was just not it's not even a sound anymore yeah it's just kind of like a you know like because it's so far away it's all reflections but they found like 25 or 20 feet or so was kind of where they had a, a, a usable room sound yeah, but you still because it's so far away you still hear them like hit the snare and the snare goes you know, it's like this permanent reverb on everything. Man, yeah. And it's even in the close mics just a little. So even the tight close mics still have just a little bit of something extra. You can tell they were not fucking recorded, pardon my language, like in a basement or, you know, in a studio. They were recorded in this crazy space. Um, so I'm, as you can tell, I'm really excited about that. We just put That's out... That's pretty crazy. We didn't, we didn't put it out... General Edward Records didn't put it out itself because we hadn't yet really connected with those guys in that way, but... Um, we do have a, a credit on the back of Zool's most recent album, Volume 2. Um, so we put them for sale like at Ragged Records in, Dav- uh, in Rock Island. And uh, this new one, I'm... This new one's going to be so good, man. Oh, it's yeah. going to be cool. And Zool used to be the Savage Hacks. Do you, did you ever hear about them from Iowa City? I don't City? think so, no. A real, like, punk, grunge punk. Like, just a, a real grungy, grimy powerful punk sound feel not like punk music like 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 we think of it like but they would somehow sometimes have that punk drum beat that but they had like fuzzy guitars and like 
thick, weird five-string bass and all this okay. weird, weird <laughs> stuff. So that band added another guy and got rid of somebody else and added somebody else, and so now they're Zool. So that's how I still know them, and they're okay. just they're just bringing it. That's they've, crazy. They've put out at least two vinyls, at least I think. Um, man, it's like how isn't that like how they had to do reverb back in the day? Yeah, with you actual know, like physical actual room space between yeah. the thing, and you know. It, the, we can tell our, our ears can tell We've been hearing real reverb Literally our entire lives As human beings So you can tell when it's real And when it's just really close To being real mm. You know what I mean Mm-mm. And I'm not I'm not a purist I don't care where the reverb comes from But when you hear that On their recordings You can tell that there's really A, 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 a huge distance And all these Completely organic reflections That can't be faked Because mm-hmm. there's no amount of math That can do Every single You know thing it's just exciting it just sounds cool and it sounds organic and like even just a little gritty and a little bit dirty and they froze their asses off while they did it it was like <laughs> it was that no it was november when it was freezing like like totally crazy cold man yeah they were in the warehouse because they only had three weeks or four weeks to do it because they worked there and they're like hey can we have the warehouse before you guys shut down for the winter and they're like yeah sure or whatever the whatever the case was i don't know if they're shutting down or selling it or what but i'm excited for that gentle Loaded records is excited for Zool volume probably volume three is at least what they'll call it it will be at least volume three that's awesome but yeah i feel like you want to buy a big warehouse now you know big ass room an experiment that braille illustrated did back in like 2004 or 2003 or something maybe 2000 whatever when we were in high school and college was um we took my friend's 412 and his guitar amp into the stairway at the river center like six story parking garage oh, and plugged shit. it in and like played his guitar in this giant stairway like really late at night when there's nobody down there and that was like our first foray into like can you, can we record on on location can we do it yeah let's do it <laughs> and ever since then i've been buying up interesting recording stuff not even so much like a basement full of gear but like i have a a set of uh microphones that are real full frequency they're like you know 20 to 20 and they're on they're at the ends of their cables they're real tiny they're little tiny things and they they're on little curvy things like like they used to have on uh headphones that would Mm -hmm. go over your ear Mm -hmm. like over the over the edge of your ear but instead of going into your ear and you know hearing stuff they hang out just in front of your ear like right here Mm -hmm. and they're microphones and you can record a stereo signal filtered by an actual human head so then when i when i record it and i like put the headphones on you and we're like in a for reasons i'll explain in a second a haunted house for example (laughs) it sounds like you're really there and the directionality of things is very obvious like you you really hear it when something's on your right or passes in front of you and goes on the left or whatever Mm. um and Mm. the way that jenna loaded records me has incorporated that most recently is my wife's podcast uh dairy public radio it's a stephen king bi-weekly book club podcast so every two weeks they put out an hour-long episode uh, talking about you know some section of a Stephen King book, um, you know they did like The Shining or no they haven't done The Shining they did The Stand over the summer and it took like two and a half months to do The Stand because that book is this tall you know it's like this thick um, but anyway we got an opportunity because of one of the conventions that we went to I think it was um, 
Midwest Monster Fest, the one that happened in September. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like the first of its kind in the Quad Cities and all that good stuff. We had a, a booth there, and uh, I'm not on the podcast. I'm only on one episode. I'm on and the that's Hall- also with Josh Kahn. That's Josh Kahn and Shout my wife, out. C.M. Alexander, and, uh, and their friend, uh, Benjamin Graham. They do all the main episodes, but we got an opportunity. We met somebody at that Midwest Monster Fest who was like, hey, we have a haunted house in um, Forest Grove, Illinois. Forest City, Illinois, I think is what it is, like two hours away from here. And we went down there and put those binaural, talked to them first, like said, hey, can we do this for the podcast? They're like, sure, come on down. So I got to bring my my Hi8 camera. I have an old Sony Hi8 camera from <laughs> 1998 that still works. Shit. And it you know, it's got night shot on it so I can click <laughs> it on and see in the dark. And uh, we put those binaural, uh, they're not truly binaural, but that's what I've been calling it, um, microphones on my wife's head, and she hit record, and and because of, you know, modern technology, you can record forever. You can record for, like, right. four straight days on a memory card. <laughs> anyway, so we hit record and went through the haunted house. Oh, so if your listeners are interested in hearing haunted house binaural recordings, go over to Dairy Public Radio. They have the whole walkthrough for their Patreon subscribers. And it's spooky and cool. Damn. You can hear people, like, coming out of the darkness on one side or the other. You can hear clowns. Like, you can hear... Some of my favorite stuff is where it's quiet, but you hear what's going to happen. Because it's <laughs> like, you know, you hear the people ahead of you, or you hear, like, honking, or you hear... Um, my favorite part was the Christmas horror section. I love Christmas horror, by the way. Um, but the first thing that you run into in one of the one of the haunted houses was, like, the Christmas lights and stuff. And there's, like real messed up looking Santa Claus and you can take <laughs> pictures with him and stuff. It was Shit. fun. But you could hear his jingle bells <sighs> like at a distance. Ooh. It was cool. That's pretty dope. That'd it, be nice for like around Halloween time. Just put it on, sit in the dark, yeah. give yourself a good scare. Well, and I did, the very first one I did was at Factory of Fear. My, my friend uh, Alex and I went to Factory of Fear with, with not the current microphones, but a different set. Basically lavalier mics I borrowed from Josh Kahn <laughs> um, and recorded that in Factory of Fear. And that's different because instead of being uh, the, uh, what is it? Mon- uh, Blood Moon Manor is the place in Forest City that, they, that, that we went with Dairy Public. Factory of Fear is an inside place. Blood Moon Manor is mostly outside. So when you're inside, you hear the whole place alive all at once. And you hear all the shrieks that are like perpetually coming <laughs> from everywhere in the haunted house. And you hear like people get jump scared and people like honking horns and you know screaming animatronics and stuff <laughs> but we did a walkthrough of that that's also on Gen Loaded Records I did a podcast that was like 260 episodes called <laughs> Devin's Drive Home oh yeah you told me about that yeah yeah and they were usually like 20 minutes but I would do like special editions just for the heck of it mm-hmm. and one of them was that Factory of Fear walkthrough and it was so cool man Hell the yeah. Factory of Fear guys are my my favorite haunted house guys in the Quad Cities they've been so kind they're like yeah come on in and do whatever you want well yeah we'll walk you through we'll show you what we got oh you can film a thing here if you need to later on you know, you can your band can play and you can record the whole thing, and right. whatever. That was a lot of fun. They invited us to play, but I was like, yes, we would love to play, but may we also record? And he's like, yeah. I was like, of it's course. a lot more shit. And he's like, we don't care. You do whatever you want. <laughs> do whatever. I was That's like, awesome. all right, Brett. All right, Brett from Factory of Fear. <laughs> Thank you, sir. We Thank you, Brett. It. That's right. Shout out to Brett. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool, man. That's cool. Like doing like weird experimental shit. The experimentation is like my favorite thing about it, man. And I, I That's was, where like unexpected shit can happen and new things mm-hmm. arise. So. I even wanted I wanted to start going to local shows with my binaural microphones on. And the thing is, if you're recording and you're the binaural head, because you are, if you've got them on, you can't really move. You have to really mm. stay still. 
because if someone's got them on and they're listening to the music and all of a sudden like the 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 panning of the music goes <laughs> you, some people can get affected by that some mm. people can get sick bro yeah shit. like the sonicness of it <laughs> like you sit in a chair and it feels like you're moving but you're not moving like you're 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 tricking your ears yeah but i've i've thought about doing that cuz i can handle those microphones can do magic so i could just go to places and just record shows and put them up on general ordered records just a little bit of an archive you know yeah but, That'd be pretty dope. Mm-hmm. What if you wore them when you were playing a show? Haven't tried that yet. But I had thought about it. Coming up next on from Coming Gentle up Edwards. next <laughs> on Giallo's Facebook page, <laughs> listen to the band playing from Devin's perspective. Or whatever. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. It has to be somewhere far away from the drums, otherwise all you hear is drums. <laughs> we'll get you an extra long input cord. Mm-hmm. You're going to be in the audience this time, That's actually, right, right. So. That's pretty cool. You could put it on the drummer's head, I guess. And if you were tracking drums, you could put it on the drummer's head and have him do his tracks. That would be fucking cool. Do that. That's going to happen. You just came up with that idea tangentially for me. You heard it here first, you, folks. I did. <laughs> Mobcast awesome. knows what's up. We do. There's a lot of shit that happens here. Like Things happen. Things Sit happen on the Mobcast. I mean, you guys know. Shit. Oh, yeah, there's a camera. I got to tell you. Hello. Hi. Is this still recording? Is anyone still watching? Is it Uh, broadcasting live or just recording? Just recording. So you just throw it up on YouTube or wherever? Yeah, yeah. The videos go on YouTube and our Facebook. Okay. Would you be interested in interviewing Dairy Public Radio at some point? Oh, yeah. I already talked about... I already was talking to Josh. Cool. Very cool. Definitely. That'd be awesome. Most certainly. Mm. Do you have any, like, favorite gear that you stand by or like favorite bass favorite models or anything that you use i my my jello's bass is like a complete parts bass like i found the body at music around i found the neck like i got the neck from like talkbass.com or something and uh the most expensive part about it is just the pickups because i got like a cool thunderbird clone pickup in the the bridge position and a uh Oh, whatever, a P-Bass pickup by Bill Lawrence or something in the neck position. And uh, I used to run two outs, one from each pickup for the postmortems two-piece setup. So I'd have two amps with two parallel effects chains and all this good stuff. Um, and that's what I play in Jallos right now because jazz, jazz basses in general feel good to me and they usually sit perfectly on me Mm -hmm. um i'm in an 80s synth cover band called class of 82 (laughs) and we do a lot of just a lot of like cool all family friendly stuff doing depeche mode and duran duran and i don't know i can't remember any of the other bands (laughs) but anyway um in that band i play the original bass that i borrowed from my dad to start playing on which is a yamaha uh bb 3000 s like white and it must have an undercoat like the primer on it must be like green or something because Uh. if you look at it it's white but it's also like pearlescent green like you can tell that underneath the white paint there's something else going on but uh so i'm playing that in the 80s band because it's an 80s bass and right. I, I just i just it just makes me feel close to my dad and it's sort of like a cool you know a cool thing well, now my dad, you sound, my like, dad's a, now you sound like a purist I my, need dad's, my 80s bass <laughs> my dad's not dead by the way he's still alive but it just it's just cool it's like you know my dad likes to see it on stage and i like to play it as sort of a a visual thank you to my dad and um i have a completely custom designed by me built by adam's uh cousin uh bass that i haven't been playing recently because i want to i want to change it to be um 
tuned B E A D. I want it to be like a five string, except without the high G string. Okay. And I just haven't put the strings on it mm. yet. But mm. uh, that one's a design that I did like on Google SketchUp or something. <laughs> and his cousin was an instrument maker and uh, just a kind guy. He moved to Phoenix. He's like in his 60s or something. But uh, that that's my go-to base for changing it up. And it's got a weird look to it. It's got a real strange shape. It's like accidentally came out very close to looking like a metal bass like from metal but it's not at all you know but uh amp wise i just excuse me right now i'm using a power amp and a preamp i'm using a pv max preamp it's got one two a half tube section half <coughs> jesus don't die yet <coughs> i'm going hoarse today i talked a lot yesterday and i think i'm getting sick but whatever um uh the pv max preamp that's half tube half solid state and you can blend it because peter Steele from typo negative used it i think i told you that already but uh i don't use it because i want to sound like typo negative which would be virtually impossible anyway because a lot of his stuff was custom but uh in my rack is like a pv ipr 3000 power amp and this pv max thing and then like a little power conditioner power strip whatever and then the preamp that we use for the keyboards as well so my rack is like a six space rack is the the keyboard rig for Andrew in Giallo's and also my bass rig <laughs> in one thing. And he uses uh, a cab that's like a 15-inch woofer with a 6-inch mid-range driver. It's real full frequency. Like, it goes up past, you know, 5K or something like mm. that. So it's for synths, it's perfect. It gets as low and high as he wants to go. And that's then for good. cabs, for me, I'm just using like a single 15 or 215 um whatever the real the real crux of it adam should be here for this talk i guess too um the real crux of all that stuff is like the effects that we like to use like my my i've got a whole shelf at home of just effects pedals because you know you you buy a delay pedal and then you buy yourself a distortion pedal and then all of a sudden you've got a whole rat you've got like all kinds of wacky stuff um so in giallo's adam and i both have his is his is really extravagant he's got um, another another one of the things that we wanted to do when we started Giallo's was have the ability to kind of switch sounds on the on a dime, you know, kind of go from like this sound, boom, one switch over to this sound. So he's got two separate effects loops, and one he'll set up for kind of like heavy distortion, and then the other he'll set up for like, you know, delays and reverbs and whatever. So he can go from like Electric Wizard over to My Bloody Valentine with a single stop. You know what I mean? If he's <laughs> got enough prep time in the song. Yeah. Um, and I can do a similar thing. I've got a hog pedal and that Digitech Freakout Feedbacker pedal. And, you know, now we're getting into like seriously nerdy ASMR pedal talk. Oh, yeah. But um, that's that's the gear that we're sort of deep into and he's got a fender bassman amp that he's had forever and uh it sounds good plays good you know i've got a wide variety of bass cabs that i could use if i needed to but I, oh yeah so far i've just been using the 115 because it's loud enough for for what we need to do but right right well that's good yeah we're not beholden to any gig or any gear in particular which is sort of the opposite of a lot of a lot of musicians you know do you mainly stick to four strings mm-hmm I've played five string a little bit and I thought about it for class of 82, but that low B string throws you off. I'd have to, I I could do it. I just have to really focus on it and practice on it for a long time, Mm -hmm. but I don't mind it. 
Um, but I like the feel of four strings. Yeah. And also, I'm not even using those four strings to the best of, of the their abilities. I'm not. I haven't graduated to five strings yet. I haven't even exhausted four strings, which I know is a silly argument, but this my this my joke answers. I haven't even. <laughs> I can't even handle four strings. Why would I put a fifth one on there? Right. <laughs> yeah, it seems like there's a real science to what you guys are doing. You got to get it all dialed in there. And yeah, there's um, a certain amount of uh, alchemical constriction, restriction that we place on ourselves. Certain certain rules and regulations that we operate by so that we are not paralyzed by options. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, I work psychologically my brain works much better if i know that i can't go past a b or c mm-hmm. like whatever the options are then i then i'm i'm really creative or i'm you know creative in a way that pleases me internally if i'm working within certain boundaries and you break the boundaries if you absolutely have to but having a place to start is more important than you know no just knowing for the sake of knowing that you've got all the options in the world mm-hmm. so if i know that i'm you know, it just gets me going, and then right. I can go from there. But and we try to write that way. We try to we try to perform that way. Oh yeah, it's always it's always a challenge, and I really enjoy it all the time. Yes, sir. Any upcoming gigs? You know, we we're supposed to play in January. I don't know when. I don't know where. Might be at the beer stoop. Some might be the January sixteenth or something. With the it's with the noise crowd, the guys who like mm. the, the the noise. Like more like it's more like sonic experimentation, you know, than it is pop song, whatever. I think it's um somebody related with related with or to blue movies is putting on a show there on in Beer Stube at the Blackhawk Room. I, I I don't know, I don't remember <laughs> when it's happening. I don't now don't spoil it for me. I'm not real sure what day it is because I've been on vacation for a little while. Yeah, who? I'm I'm just I'm not gonna ruin it for you don't even tell me what day it is but I've been cut free from from all responsibility psychologically so I'm feeling good that's great Christmas was great the weather was great went to my uh my wife's dad's family's place had a bonfire in their front yard it was 60 degrees guys I'm not I'm not happy with all these people like I want a white Christmas you've had plenty of white Christmases you know what you can move north. I want less than a molten lava summer. How's that? I want something that's not a trillion degrees outside. I mean, you know, look at me. I'm not built for this weather. You're built for summer weather. Mm-hmm. You're comfor- comfortable in the summer. I love the desert. <laughs> I like to be dry. Nice and dry. sandy. But no, no gigs coming up. Sorry. <laughs> no gigs. Sorry. Just keep an eye out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, check us out on Facebook. Jalos. <laughs> Or facebook.com front slash giallos or jalloedrecords.bandcamp.com all that good stuff we we put up you know we put up events and stuff i'd get off facebook if i didn't have a band account or if i had enough self-control to not use my personal account while i was doing my band stuff too yeah i feel most artists would agree with that i agree with that yeah i guess i should just start a website and then you could you can do all that stuff on bandcamp i think but anyway that's that's nerd talk that's neither yeah. here nor there <laughs> Well, it's all nerds watching this shit. Well, better be all nerds watching. Yeah, I hope so. I'm sorry, I can't remember if you said. Have you ever released anything on vinyl yourself? No. Uh, my is that hope, coming? Yes, my hope is to release the Factory of Fear, the Giallo's live Factory of Fear on vinyl, and oh, the other half of that is we have 
four recorded sets of Giallo's music because we just did the same set in varying orders. You know, we'd start at the beginning or we'd start at the end or we'd start in the middle or we'd do this or that. But then we have those four sets that were in between that are just jamming, Ah, that are just weird sounds and like people swapping instruments. So what I'd like to do is a vinyl for Giallo's Live at Factory of Fear or Live from Factory of Fear. I don't know, whatever we call it. It'd be pretty pretty cool regardless. And then maybe a digital only release or a CD release only of the jams. You know, go through and find stuff that sound, sounds cool and fun and just chop it together and arrange it up. And yeah, like a separate EP off of that mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be fun. Like, did we do anything particularly crazy on those jams? I literally can't remember because it was two excruciatingly hot nights <laughs> in a row. It cooled off about 9.30 or 10 o'clock, but... Man, you get there at like six o'clock or seven o'clock for for zombie makeup or whatever they they made us do it in makeup. Oh yeah, it was which was fun. I mean, not crazy, but it was not crazy makeup, but fun makeup. Yeah, and uh, and the place was just hot. Ah man. Uh, but it was worth it. It came out. Oh really yeah, good. that sounds great. Do you have any plans for? I don't know, dabbling in some future podcasts or anything like that? Well, you know, I got this Facebook page that I've been squatting on for like two years called the QC Facebook Coalition, or QC Podcast Coalition. And every once in a while, Facebook's like, hey, you haven't been to QC Podcast Coalition a little bit. If you fucking don't get on that site, we're going to shut it down, you piece of shit. And I'm like, Jesus, guys, just fucking (laughs) Yeah, dude, I think sometimes Facebook's like bullshit, and they're on some bad intel or something because i'll like post something pretty fucking recently and then mm-hmm. they'll be like you haven't shared anything for a while it's like dude i just did what, what are you <laughs> like you two days that, ago you haven't gotten that sweet shot of dopamine from sharing with people who you don't actually know come on sucker don't you want to get in on it dude, just oh. post a selfie just oh, do it just do something just rip your dick out and post yeah. it just post your dick on your on your podcast everybody page. does it everybody's <laughs> posting your dick dude why aren't you posting your dick no i, I think i would like to uh, get the podcast coalition page going we put you guys on there we'll put dairy public on there that'd be cool um all the like cool, an archive thing or something i don't know it would just be a place where um people could maybe post their new episodes as they come out um i just think that would be fun and Hell i did yeah. like like i said i did like 200 episodes of a podcast it's on Bandcamp. it's called devon's drive home on Bandcamp. Nice. i talk about things like uh Albums that were influential, movies that were influential. Uh, my first episode ever that I ever did is called uh, Stabbing Western is for Guys Who Got Dumped. <laughs> and there's a whole story behind that. Your listeners can go listen to that if they want to. But, um, yeah, I'd like to get back on the QC Podcast Coalition thing. Maybe put a background banner image up that's not just my basement. <laughs> just like an empty picture of my basement. Like you can see like a drum kit over here and like a bunch of crap with pedals over here and stuff. This is where all the podcasts would go if I had them. This is where they would be if they existed. <laughs> but when I started that, there weren't very many QC podcasts and now there's yeah, a it's lot popping more. Up. It's really mm-hmm. popping up, yeah. So maybe now's the time to seize that day and uh get all those podcasts on there. I, I think, think you should do it. They think you should do it too. Fucking tell me what to do. It's just a suggestion. You don't tell me what to do. Just a kind suggestion, sir. All right, I'll <laughs> consider it. I'll do it. He'll consider. You guys got him a little bit. But. I was looking at your collection of uh, Nintendo and Sega Genesis and the Ooh. SNES games there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good collection. Yeah, a little something-something there. Something-something. Some oldies. Something, something. You know? 
What else do you want to talk about, man? Let's talk know. about you. No, I don't know. You can. You can interview me if you want. I'm sure you've been <laughs> yeah. interviewed on your own show several times, conversationally. Uh, you know, maybe just a, a little bit, but usually I'm pretty good. Just be like, so tell me all about you. Tell me all about you. I will sit you. here very quietly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, man. Just feeling good. I just feel... This, this, this day started weird. Is that right? Yes. What happened? That post at nine o'clock in the morning yeah. started weird, yeah. which we are not going to talk. I won't even, this is the extent to what I want to talk about that on here because, you know, you got nothing nice to say. Don't say anything. Yeah. Especially don't say anything crappy. Right. So, but, uh, the rest of the day has been boss. It's been, been pretty gear. Went to the gym with my dad. Ah, yes. Went to Zeke's. Got some Zeke's food. Have you been to Zeke's in Davenport? Uh, it's no. like Ooh, it's like island. Wait. It's like Jamaican and Caribbean food. It's real good. I'm trying to think if I've seen the place because it's on yeah, Harrison. Like it used a... to be Lumpy's. It's on Harrison across from one of the one ways there. Uh, you know. Anyways, very just, much recommended. Yeah, if you like, if you like, uh, you know, like like jerk seasoned chicken or like pulled pork, this and that. It's that sounds good. You can't go Some wrong there, man. Chicken. It's really good. But anyway, hell yeah, dude. You're oh, gonna I, make me hungry if you keep talking about it. Dude, I, <laughs> I ate it for lunch at like twelve o'clock, and I could eat I could eat it again right now without any any hesitation. But uh, speaking of video, I just remembered I didn't tell you that we also broadcast that live from Factory of Fear to YouTube for eight straight hours, five hours eight one hours. Night. <laughs> it was like five hours one night and four hours the next night. It was, yeah. it was, it was quite the undertaking. But we did it, so it was good. That's quite a yeah. That's quite a task. Yeah, the video is useless to watch. You can <laughs> see what's going on, but it's kind of useless because the audio doesn't sound like anything. Well, the audio was actually coming from my computer. It was like a rough mix down, but I didn't have anybody like actively listening to it and mixing it as it was happening. Yeah, you know, just to like catch really loud stuff and pull it down. Right. So uh, the audio is whatever. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty cool. It was a. Uh, it was fun. I. I. That's my jams is to just challenge myself to see if I can do something. Yeah, you're a very experimental guy. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I didn't used to be so experimental. I used to be pretty focused. And what dedicated. happened to you? <laughs> I just got tired of doing the same thing over and over. You know, I did. The, I did the same band for ten years, and then and then we stopped jamming out. So, for about three years, I just sort of did nothing. I didn't do anything for like three years. I was still kind of messing around making my own songs and stuff but Mm -hmm. i find the more the busier i am the more i have the energy to do other things and like it's sort of an exponential busy curve if there's nothing to do i don't do anything even my own stuff (laughs) whatever is that a martial arts trophy yeah that's my co-host's trophy what is it for fucking karate it's for karate or taekwondo yeah it's karate cool I got one of those for Taekwondo. My co-host will fuck you up. Come in here on some reckless shit. <laughs> if you come in here on some reckless shit. <laughs> taekwondo, huh? Yeah, I got a I got a second degree black belt in Taekwondo from I went from, you know, age like 10 or whatever until 2004 or something like that. It was fun. Ooh, you don't do it currently? No. The my teacher left the area, I think, and the other people that I was working with left the area or moved on or did other things. So I kind of lost interest, but it was a lot of fun, and it taught me a lot of stuff. You know, taught me a lot about myself and a lot of 
a lot of uh, confidence building opportunities with yeah. taekwondo because you gotta you know you gotta test in front of judges and you gotta you know be responsible and stuff it's a good like experience to get your ass handed to you you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. character building and shit yeah yeah <laughs> and i didn't i you know i wasn't like we were it's not like full contact or anything we're wearing pads and stuff like that but it was a lot of fun having to remember all the information and that's a, a good challenge for your brain especially a young teenage brain that's growing and you know young teenage body full of verve and vigor and yeah. needs to just punch out that energy you know oh yeah so that was that was my jams. My parents had to drag me there a couple times when I didn't want to go. They're like, "No, we're going. I paid for these lessons. You're <laughs> right. gonna go to Taekwondo." <laughs> but just like in music, my parents were always at every class, hmm. and always at every promotion, always at every tournament. You know, making sure. But again, only child. So what else I have to do? <laughs> what else they have to do? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Sorry about your brother's. Uh, well, I don't have a brother. Uh, uh, sister, <laughs> I'm an only child. Look, we can't make it tonight. We're sorry. We're just not going to make it. You have to drive me. <laughs> Man, I never got, I never did any like karate kind of stuff when I was a kid or anything, but I, I've always wanted to. Ninja Turtles, man. Mm, that'll, that'll get you into that. That will get you into the martial arts. <laughs> Definitely. I would love to get into jujitsu. I think like that. Mm. Josh Khan's friend is like high up in the black belt jujitsu rankings. Ooh. Yeah, he's real cool. He's he knows how to FSU. Yeah, fuck shit up. <laughs> It'd be a nice skill to learn, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not too late. It's never. You too can late. always go to one of the jujitsu schools in the Quad Cities and sign up for classes. <laughs> I'd love to. Too poor. Mm-hmm. Someday, yes. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I don't know any other hobbies. What else you'd be doing? Mm. Music, maybe a little acting, but a little bit of PC gaming, but nothing to talk about. Mm. Yeah, man, I'm just I'm just a sponge wrung dry. It's <laughs> like between all the film stuff and all the audio stuff, and doing music videos for the band, all these projects and things. Um, yeah, so like, you like filming yourself and? No, no, we don't. We haven't done any like you know a lot of bands will do the the live performance video where the band is like playing or whatever. We um, myself and Andrew Edmark. Uh, have a, a plan for a whole bunch of videos like sort of all these little vignettes that I've got that don't necessarily have anything to do with the music yeah uh, just just imagery you know little oh, yeah. little self-contained little stories that you put them together and you have kind of a an album's worth of um, oh that's what I was going to do I was I'm hoping to put out whatever album we end up coming out with the factory of fear thing even for example mm-hmm. with a video component built into it on like custom vhs tapes ah, yeah yes. which is i don't want to give too much away about that but finding colored vhs tapes like because they're not made anymore really yeah finding those shells is hard Ooh. there's places where you can get certain colors sometimes uh but otherwise you're trying to you're trying to dig out like old disney ones used to be like there was like a snow white one that's white anyways i've done a lot of that research you can get a dig out some of the old nickelodeon orange ones the orange nickelodeons there's Um, a bunch of ones that uh some christian veggie tales or something has a bunch that are all colored like green and and yellow and stuff. basically you can just get it in black now it's pretty much all you can find it's like you can you can pull the 
pull the reels out and put whatever you want in there, which is what we would have to do if, right. we, if we built them from other things. Like but, people that are making them anymore, it's just all black, I bet. Yeah. I, but there's people on Instagram that do spool swaps. So they'll find like a really cool case and they'll put like, you know, they'll find a really kick-ass orange case and they'll put Halloween in it. <laughs> or something cool like that. So that's that's what we're hoping to do at some point, in addition to or instead of the vinyl. I don't know, but that'll be that'll be hopefully this year. Just gotta get all these mixes done and yeah. put them together and make it happen. I know what you need. You need a 3D printer. You can maybe make some shells. I if you could, if you could just get like you know the schematics, the blueprint kind of mm -hmm. whatever, and just because all it has to be is like the shape of the thing with the holes in the right spot. Yeah. Something to think about. People are using 3D printing to make components for whatever, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I, w I wonder if you could like take a shell and like cast the parts. I think and, somebody has done that. But and then maybe you could fill it with like a bunch of like multicolored shit. Like they're doing with vinyls, except exactly. Mm -hmm. I, I would like that. I'd be into that. A bunch of orb. I mean, I don't know if it'd be a good idea. I don't know if it would hold up or fuck up the machine if you actually like painted one, with like the people, right kind of paint, like paint airbrush them. or well. People do those um those, like you know it's like a, a, a an applique that you put on water and the water dissolves it, but the the ink stays in a pattern like skulls yeah. and they like dip a gas yeah, tank yeah, yeah. in it. They've done that with VHS and it looks great. It looks cool, man. Like all skulls or like, like green like Slimer from Ghostbusters pattern or something cool yeah. like that so that's what we're gonna we're gonna try to do something boss like that okay yeah hmm. mm -hmm. oh do you know what kind of paint that nope that's nerd like, talking i don't have it i don't know uh, i don't know the because details. like because I, I know you, if you wanted to make like just a trippy pattern thing you could take like yeah water and spray paint just on the water oh, you yeah. know and then you dip it in and all so yeah, it's all and it, and it's trippy looking that would probably like really reek like spray <laughs> paint for a while right like you'd have to well, you'd have to let it dry all the way out. My goal is to do um, the colors of the band on the shell, and then, depending on how it goes, I would even decorate the inside of the shell just to be that guy. Is that can, guy? You can kind of see through the the windows where the tape reels are. You could kind of like see. Yeah, and when the tape is filled on one side or empty on the other side, you could have a message here yes. and a message there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude, that'd be fun. You're on to something, man. I've been thinking a lot about this. Oh, good, it's going. Oh, thank God, finally, we made it. <laughs> well, I guess we can wrap it up now since the lava lamp. No, I'm just All right, yeah. <laughs> well, what time is it? Well, we've already done a fucking... We've done almost an hour and a half. Jesus, let's go, man. We gotta you gotta it. get out of here. You got, I'm hungry you as got well. a doctor's appointment to get to or something important. I just probably. have to get some food. <laughs> Same here. Yeah. You're taking me out, right? I'll take to you wherever Zeke's? you want to go, baby. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Zeke's in Davenport. Brought to you by Zeke's in Davenport. <laughs> yeah, not, we're sponsored by... Not sponsored or endorsed by Zeke's. <laughs> not endorsed, but we can say sponsored. They don't have to agree. Yeah. <laughs> Tell everyone... How to get a hold of your stuff. All the links, all the social shits. Uh, on Facebook, it's facebook.com front slash gentle Edward records. Um, or if you want to go straight to the band page, it's facebook.com front slash giallos, G-I-A-L-L-O-W-S. We're also giallos.bandcamp.com, gentleedwardrecords.bandcamp.com. Uh, and that main page will bring you to like all of all of ever all the associated acts and stuff and that's that's probably the best way to do it and then you get a little taste of everything 
Just a little taste of everything. Taste it all up. Um, you can email us at gentleedwardrecords at gmail.com. Any questions you may have. With any questions, yes. Maybe someone can hit you up like, hey, I make VHS shells or something. You know, Get if somebody them. has got some colored VHS shells, especially yellow, white, and red, uh, do hit me up. Because you need to just go to the Goodwills a lot or something, and you'll come across the Nickelodeon Dude, it is ones so hard. It's such a, like, gasoline drain to keep going to the Goodwills and just hoping something good's there. Yeah. Like, True. Facebook Marketplace is more efficient than going to the Goodwills. I got a single yellow tape for $2 from a lady. Ah. Just as a test, you know. Ah, yes. Nice. But, uh, yep, get us on Facebook, and and uh, I hope I've sounded interesting enough that they want to hear us. But uh, Definitely. The music is pretty alt-rock delicious, as they say. Oh, yeah. They love that. The, do these people like the alt-rock? Uh, you guys... You filthy... Yeah, 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 yeah. They told me they did. You filthy freaks like that alt-rock? Hell yes. There's well, no alternative to rocking. That's true. Right? That's true. Thanks very much for having me, man. This of has course, been, sir. This is super fun and relaxed and cool in here. It is. It, I, I try and make the room cozy, welcoming. Visually enticing. Inviting and relaxing. You know. I'm into it. I like it. Good. All the way over here in East Moline. That is right. The exciting, relaxed East Moline. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Nice to see you again. You too, man. It's been a while. That's right. <laughs> and it will, but it will never be again. Apparently. Uh, yeah. Shit. Tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Until next time, people. Goodbye.